Hello everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of the Vegan Spire podcast. Thank you very much for joining yet another episode. In today's episode, we have a special guest, a good friend of mine and fellow animal rights activist from Defender of Animals Clothing, Daryl. So to start things off today, I would just love to say a huge thank you to anybody who shared the most recent post regarding dairy on the Vegan Spire Facebook page. We managed to reach over 24,000 people, which honestly blows my mind. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to say a huge thank you to anybody who shared and to all the new followers on the page. Um, thank you to anybody who is a long-time supporter of the page and who regularly shares my content. I really do appreciate every single one of you. So just before we jump straight into today's episode talking with Daryl, I just wanted to give you all a quick update of future plans with the Vegan Spire podcast. In the next few weeks, we actually have a few interviews lined up. I have an interview with the Humane League who are going to be talking all about chickens, uh, moral implications and health implications. Also talking about a study they've done. Uh, other than this, we also have a podcast lined up with the uh, director of the Hogwood movie from Viva. So that is going to be absolutely incredible to hear some of the most harrowing stories from the documentary and some of his experiences creating a documentary such as uh, Hogwood. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and don't miss out. So let's get straight into talking to our good friend, Daryl. So, hey, Daryl, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Welcome to the Vegan Spire podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So since we met at the Guildford Vigil in person before the whole coronavirus thing exploded into the world, um, what sort of things have you been up to? Have you had anything big happen in the vegan movement for you? Um... Since that vigil, which was yeah pre 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 COVID, wasn't it? Well, kind of just at the start. Um, it must have been about six months ago now. Actually, thinking it must about have. that, might be more. Yeah, it's all gone quite quick. Uh, not a great deal, to be honest. I mean, I've I've generally just been working um, as we've all been a bit quiet because of COVID. I've not been up to a great deal. Just trying to um, focus on kind of online stuff and and doing activism online and i'm attempting to get more involved into into youtube and and creating content but um no i haven't been up to a great deal really (laughs) yeah i think that's one of the main reasons i started this podcast actually was just because of not being able to go outside and do activism and even when you do get to speak to people in the street they're a bit more cautious these days with stopping and stuff so you don't have too much um traffic when you're actually doing outreach so i thought by doing a podcast and sharing that then i could actually probably reach more people than i would do if i went outside and spoke to people yeah i can definitely see your thought process because i mean i think we're all feeling a bit frustrated um not being able to do much And yeah, people, I mean, it's not the ideal time to be out on the streets kind of conversing with lots of strangers, is it? That's not what we're meant to be doing. I I did give the YouTube thing a go and I recorded a video and edited it all and everything. And then I just, I don't know, I just feel really weird about seeing myself on video for some reason. So I thought podcast would be the way to go. Yeah, I'm the same, to be honest. I'm not that confident on camera, but... um, 
me and a an, another friend have started a kind of almost like a chat show on YouTube. Yeah, I've watched a few of those actually. That's really yeah. Really cool. So kind of a similar idea to to yourself. Just um, yeah, get chatting about veganism. <laughs> yeah. So I saw on Facebook not long ago um, that you rescued a bunch of chickens. Was that how did you manage to get into Anything yeah, like so I mean, we only rescued two, mainly because, um, well, of, of space, really. But uh, it's a, a f- well, I'd say they're they're friends of mine now. They run a sanctuary in Somerset. Um, okay. It's called Pear Tree Farm Sanctuary. They're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, and they probably a few times a year they do big rescues from the egg industry so they rescue hundreds and hundreds of hens obviously when when the egg industry is done with them when they're about 16 or 18 months old and their laying slows down uh they get rid of them and they send the whole flock to to a slaughterhouse to be culled um yeah so when that happens uh this this sanctuary in somerset pear tree farm um they have tried their very best to rescue as many hens as they can from slaughter. Um, And just from me knowing them and and having visited the sanctuary, um, we've kind of become friendly and I decided that we should at least get a couple of hens um, and give them a, you know, a lifelong home. Um, So they live with, they don't live at, our house they live at my girlfriend's parents house because i've got um, <laughs> many many animals in my house and and um i wanted them to have all the attention they deserve so but we see them yeah often yeah i think it's really good actually to have uh chickens especially when they're rescues because so many people are unaware of like you said the age that they're slaughtered at and most people don't even realize that eggs result in animals being killed in the first place because i suppose it's more obvious when you're paying for direct things like meat it's obvious that an animal's died for that product but i suppose when it comes down to dairy and eggs it's a little less obvious which is why we have to remind people from time to time yeah you're absolutely right i mean i i never knew and and the the people that i've spoken to friends family since we've rescued the two hens and they're still you know before i told them they're just none the wiser they they don't know that this happens on the regular you know standard practice within the egg industry yeah i mean recently i've been watching a few outreach videos from um like joey carbstrong and people like him and he gets a lot of people say to him oh well that's illegal or whatever like that things that are actually standard legal practice within the industry people just assume that that's illegal because we're sort of fed that myth that there's high welfare and there's laws in place to prevent animals from being mistreated, mm-hmm. even though when you think about killing animals, then obviously that is <laughs> sort of a breach of that. But, yeah, of course. I mean, um, people people seem to, people sort of get rid of the idea of killing them. It's just as long as they've had a nice life leading up to a horrific death, then somehow that makes it a little bit better in their mind yeah or, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like that argument of having only buying meat from a local local shop that's it, like yeah. uh because especially near me there's a local butchers and i always see people online 
uh, talking about how good quality it is and and stuff like that. And I don't know if you saw a video I posted on the Facebook page a few months ago where I was out cycling and I um, I was out cycling and there was like a sheep shed and it was all of the baby lambs that had been taken away and one of them had died. Yeah, I did see it. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It was like that week where it was a heat wave here in mm. England. And um, then I went back 24 hours later and it was still there, hadn't moved. So then I notified the farmer and stuff who didn't really seem to care. But when I shared that online as well, it was just people jumping jumping from one excuse to the next because they've been told that this farm is supposed to be so caring and loving towards yeah, animals. Yeah, you yet here you are exposing it for what it is you know a farm yeah. that the farmers or the the workers that work there don't even check on the animals notice in a 24-hour period and there's animals lying there dead it's yeah it's outrageous yeah, yeah and especially as well like at the the farm vigil where I, I managed to get that clip of the cow that had already been killed yeah. i think that was a a powerful one because it's obviously horrible what the cow had to had to go through, but I'm glad that activists were there because there was quite a few of us that managed to capture that and all share it because it sort of uh, yeah. it just shows again that that local farm thing is just a well myth. yeah I'm so grateful that you were there mate I I um yeah I, it was hard to even watch the footage so I'm grateful that yeah. you were there and so we we met at a uh, a vigil also but. How long did it take you to get into activism? Was you quite slow from the moment you went vegan? And how long have you actually been vegan? I have never asked you so, that question before. I've been vegan. It will be three years in February. So it's, yeah, coming up to three years. Um, and yeah. I was quite quick to to get into the activism side of things. And, and I think from what I've heard from other people, quite a lot of... I mean, not every vegan is active. Not every vegan gets involved in activism. But those that do, I, I find that it happens quite quickly. Um, it was probably, well, it was within the first six months that that I just yeah. thought, hold on, I'm, am I doing enough? Um, and yeah, it, I suppose it's, it's one thing to stop supporting it, but then the next thing is to sort of... Uh, inform other people so they can make a decision as well because that's one of the only things i've heard people that are vegan regret really is never going vegan sooner yeah a hundred percent and and yeah all we want as vegans is a, is a vegan world where animals are not used and and exploited um where animals don't suffer and how are we going to get there without telling people and helping people make that that jump um so yeah, it took me about six months, I think, and we can never really do enough. Um, but I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. So uh, I think yeah. the first thing, well, it was the first thing I did was was attend a vigil um, in Guildford. Yeah, in Surrey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Guildford one was really powerful as well because I'd always been to vigils where they'd had sheep and pigs, but I'd never seen cows especially near mm. me there's not really many vigils that do have have mm. cows so 
that was the first time I ever experienced a vigil with cows and the only time I'd ever really spent time with a cow is the one at the Tower Hill Sanctuary. Yeah. And that almost makes it more horrifying really because when you spend time with animals, like any animal such as pigs, cows, chickens, sheep, you name it, they all they're all caring, loving and compassionate just like dogs and cats and then when you realize that the horrors they go through just because people demand it it's just it makes it worse yeah to sort of have to mix with them in that way and then also see them at the worst stages as well is really horrible yeah it's really hard um and yeah i kind of second what you say even if i'm driving to work and back and i drive past a, a field with cows in i just um i just find myself just welling up mate and crying sometimes because i have spent that time with with them and and i've also spent that time with them outside the slaughterhouse and it's just it's just unbearable sometimes yeah i've almost got into the habit now of every time i drive past cows or sheep and stuff i always just sort of (laughs) say sorry to myself well yeah on behalf of them because you know what's coming yeah i I do this i do the same as well so that's quite nice that that you do (laughs) yeah not not just crazy (laughs) (laughs) so um what was the do you remember the main reason that you decided to go vegan was there anything in particular you saw or was it something just from talking to somebody so i'm 28 now and as I said, I've only been vegan just under three years. Um, and I went vegetarian before I went vegan. And I was vegetarian for probably about six months, so not long at all. Yeah. Um, and what what made me, first of all, stop eating meat was uh, the film on Netflix called Okja. Oh, I've watched that, but after I went vegan, me and my girlfriend watched that, and I don't think she's ever really got over, <laughs> over yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's how you say it, Okja. But um, that, as soon as I saw that film, as soon as it had finished, I said to myself, and I said to my girlfriend, um, "I'm never going to eat meat again." And yeah. it was that shocking, and that hard hitting and it's a fictional film and I'd recommend anyone to watch mm. it if if they haven't but I just couldn't I just couldn't eat meat ever again um after seeing that because it just addressed and highlighted what we actually do to animals um and kind of blew it open as as abhorrent and just cruel <laughs> and I just couldn't yeah. couldn't do it again so that was when I stopped eating meat and then it was just a kind of gradual exposure to more and more information. Um, and then I think it must've been just a Facebook post or, or somewhere else online. I just heard of the documentary earthlings and I remember it as if it was yesterday. Uh, I had a day off work and, um i'm a bit of an early bird i I get up quite early so i remember it being about seven o'clock in the morning and i just decided to sit and 
and watch Earthlings um, 7am and it was uh, but well <laughs> what yeah, it was, start a day. yeah probably the worst day ever but um, I did the whole documentary and I just didn't stop crying and I was just in pieces and absolutely broken and just couldn't believe that I didn't know this information. I didn't know I'd never seen animal farming, you know, really seen it um, except from driving past the field of cows. I'd, I'd never actually seen what these animals had put through and I'd never seen any slaughter footage until I watched that and uh, it just broke me and I don't know how anyone can witness that and not act on it and yeah exactly I mean I think for me anyway I sort of created this fairy tale in my mind like as you said when you're driving down the road and you do see cows in fields and things you think that that's the reality when and then you don't really consider any other factors at all but when you sit down and watch something as powerful as earthlings but for me it was land of hope and glory Mm. and I watched that and that was pretty much the same reaction for me instantly I just said that's it I can't support any of these industries anymore and it just shocked me incredibly to realize that for that long I'd been supporting that and no one had pointed it out or told me and that's why I think today you get people saying things like oh you shouldn't go around forcing it down people's throat or whatever but I almost wish that someone had to me because (laughs) if someone had told me directly this is what you're paying for this is what you're supporting and you can be completely healthy without it I would have just instantly made that change in a in a heartbeat years and years ago so yeah it's almost I think if people are some people are ready to receive the message and some people aren't and it just depends on the person but I think anyone that's got even the slightest compassion deep down if they watch that and are honest with themselves then they'll see exactly how disgusting yeah, it is. I, I completely agree I think you've hit, hit the nail on the head there um, I think if you are a a certain type of person with compassion and and love for animals I, I mean here in the UK and and around the world we're meant to be animal lovers but but our actions say differently but I truly feel that if you have that love in your heart for animals then if someone were to shake you and 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 give you that information then um, I completely mm. agree I would have made that change instantly but but no one told me I had to find it. It's almost like removing the indoctrination that we've been fed since literally since the moment yeah. we were born. I mean, it, I find it so weird as well, how as kids we grow up and obviously at that point, we never question where it comes from, but we do love animals mm. so much. And it's really obvious when you look at children, the way they act around animals and the way, even just the way they look at each mm. other and interact is just so so much nicer than how it is say 10 years down the line it's almost like it just yeah it gets brushed out of us along the way somehow but you can never really remember why but I suppose it is just that that advertising and normalization of 
animal cruelty as we grow up is just seem to be so normal these days that now there's almost no way around it for yeah. most people. Well, everyone else is doing it and, and everyone else, you know, doesn't question it. So we just go along with it because it's what we've been shown and and, and mm. born into. In, in fact, actually on, uh, when was it? Saturday, I think. Just the last Saturday gone, I went to um, London to Leicester mm. Square and there was one of the surge events, the Down With Dairy yeah. outreach. And um, there was a few there was a few kids on skateboards that came over and I don't think they could have been much older than 15 or 16, but they were sort of shouting from a distance uh, different excuses and saying, sort of really taking the mickey yeah. out of us. And then I felt myself getting a bit wound up. So I walked over and said, like, this is what you're laughing at sort of thing. And I explained a few, just a few of the standard legal practices within the dairy industry. And they obviously rattled off a few excuses that you hear quite yeah. regularly, like where am I going to get protein and stuff. But once you've explained it to them, it was such a, a change in their attitude. It was almost like someone had clicked their fingers and it was just a switch had gone off because the younger one in particular was really like taking the piss yeah. to start with. And then after I just explained for like literally one minute, he he just completely changed his attitude. And it does show that people are unaware because they take, they take some information they've heard from God knows where about the dairy industry, probably funded mm. by the dairy industry. And they sort of see that as gospel truth. And then they come over and tell us that we're extreme and all of those different things I'm heard. I'm yeah, sure you've heard yeah. millions of times yourself. And then once you explain it, it is, it is weird to see how people's perception of it shifts so quickly as well, because it is, yeah, it's just like one little reminder and that's it. People seem to understand, but then with other people, it's the complete opposite and, You've got such a massive task on your hands trying to yeah. convince someone who's been uh, indoctrinated for so long. But I think that's why they were they were still quite young, so they're still quite open minded and less. Yeah, you're right. You'd have a harder time with with uh, someone in their forties or fifties. Um, yeah, and you you got to remember that no matter the difference in someone, um, <laughs> humans are just just quite cruel and just because and and, yeah and gullible and just because vegans are are not the norm vegans are the are the minority um it's just so easy for the rest of society just to point their finger and and laugh and 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 take the mick mm. um especially these days i find the the point in the finger is almost one of the worst things really because it seems like every country sort of points their finger to a different country and says, oh, but they're worse than we are. And it's like, we do that to China. Yeah. China do it to America and then America do it to us. <laughs> it just yeah, goes around it, in a loop. And in reality, we're not much better than anywhere else. Not and at all. The, problem, the problem is the things that are legal, not the yeah. things that are illegal. It's it's more yeah. the stuff that is legal and isn't is seem to be humane. It's just that yeah. is half the I issue. Mean, not that long ago um i i was out with my dad on a on a just on a walk somewhere and we you know just bumped into some other people and 
um, the topic of conversation got on to COVID and obviously that standard um, pointing of the th of the finger started. Oh, you know, China, China started yeah. this, um, and and then the talk got on to you know eating bats and oh god, you'd never catch me in a bat, <laughs> and and I just outright yeah. said um why is there a difference like china might eat bats china might eat dogs what whatever you want to talk about here but i said what's the difference between us eating cows and and eating bats in asia like and um and yeah. i and i raised the point i said look what about swine flu what about bird flu what about foot and mouth? What about all these infectious diseases that we have had in this country and that we have had from livestock? Um, and the woman that yeah, we were exactly. talking to said, oh, well, you are talking to a beef farmer's wife. And I, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yeah, and what? I said, <laughs> like, you st you've still not answered my point. It doesn't matter that I'm talking to a farmer. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you like, are. <laughs> you still haven't answered my point. And so she just said, well, you won't stop me eating my cows. And I hmm. honestly, like, <laughs> honestly, I just, um, I can't even remember what I said. I was just in such a rage and I just had to walk away. Um, it's yeah. It's almost like, what, what can you really say to somebody at that point? It's, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's almost just makes you speechless because you're like, it does. if, especially as well, I find it weirder when farmers eat their own animals. And it's just like, how weird can you get? I mean, it's like, imagine, I mean, if some guy in China was farming dogs and said, um, you're never going to stop me eating dogs or my dogs, we would think they were crazy. But as soon as it's like, you wouldn't stop me eating my cows. And just like, oh, yeah, good for you. I Keep know. eating your cow. Well, we point, we point the finger, and we're no better. And and I think recently as well, the the coronavirus thing has almost done the vegan movement a favour because it's given us that extra thing to remind people and something for us to talk about. Because people, the majority of people, do point the finger and blame it solely on China, but. I don't know if you've watched Earthling Ed's videos about the pandemic stuff yeah, on Surge I've seen a YouTube few, account, yeah. but some, yeah, some of the statistics he has on there are just like mind blowing. But it does get quite depressing watching it sometimes because it almost just sounds like there's not much we can do in, unless we wake up now. <laughs> we're screwed basically <laughs> because there could be a disease yeah. coming any time, or or some another pandemic that's got. A sixty percent death rate, I think he said, yeah. and it hasn't even got a one percent death rate in in uh, COVID nineteen, and that's had such an effect on us. So imagine what something with a sixty percent death rate would would be. It, oh, it would, would honestly wipe out over would. half the yeah. planet. And I mean, it's. But I think that's almost what it's going to well, take. Well, it's it's what it's coming, mate. Us. If if we don't if we don't change, like. When 75% of infectious diseases are zoonotic, coming from animals, you know, transferred from animal to yeah. from non-human animal to, to humans, um, how are we going to avoid it if we are still exploiting animals and eating animal products? We're, yeah. we're not going to avoid it. It's just going to happen again. 
and again and again. Yeah. It's, I don't know how many more times it needs to be explained or for something big to happen. Because like you said, there's already been different diseases that have emerged exactly from animal agriculture and our consumption of animals previously to this. And still people are so shocked to the fact that this new COVID-19 exists. Yeah. And it's just... And people... What really winds me up nowadays is people complaining about oh it's such a hassle because of yeah I can't I've got go to, to work and, and things like yeah I've, I've got to wear a mask but I'm not going to stop eating yeah. meat it's just like wake yeah. up let's get this at the you know tackle it yeah. at the cause why you know instead of treating it why don't we prevent yeah. it and that's one of the most frustrating things is I always hear Boris Johnson saying he's got leading scientists on his side and he's listening to the science but not once have I ever heard anybody mention the reason that this pandemic started <laughs> in the first place and how we get more importantly how we're going to stop it from happening again because it doesn't matter how this one started because yeah. we've got it now and there's not much we can do about it but how are we going to stop it from happening who knows when it could happen now it could happen in five years time it's just yeah it's, it's actually like quite scary isn't just, it that no one's even talking about it yeah but yeah i mean so you said you went vegetarian first yeah. of all was there did your perception change as you went from eating meat to vegetarian and then again as you went vegan because i know for me I I specifically remember saying I was vegetarian and I remember saying to somebody at my old work that I would never go <laughs> vegan and like I could never do it it's it's so extreme like why would anyone yeah. want to do that and stuff and then you do see it almost in that way it's it's extreme and unnecessary and it's it's enough to just do a little here and there and help help out but did you have that view before did you how yeah how did your perception of the whole situation change as it well transformed from meat eater to vegan it's like me and you had exactly the same experience um when you're talking about (laughs) you know being at work talking to your colleague I had the exact same um thought process and I said exactly the same things to uh (laughs) it was my girlfriend's brother who (laughs) who went vegan first before me and before my girlfriend. Um, and I remember saying those exact things. Well, I'm yeah, I'll cut out meat because, because of this and this. I've watched this film and, you know, it upset me and, and it's cruel and, and I don't want to kill animals. And But I said exactly the same thing. I said, but I don't think I could do vegan. I don't think I will go vegan because it's just a bit, too far it's just you know it's just a bit too much it's a bit extreme and and that comes from a place of of um not knowing you know being uneducated i can't believe thinking back now that i said yeah i I can't go vegan because it's just a bit weird i just used to think vegans were weird yeah but now you're on the other side it's so weird thinking of it in the opposite way if you know what I mean like when you look back on that you think how yeah. could I have been that I mean that point of view seems so weird to me now yeah 
that I can almost, I can't understand how people believe that. But then not long ago, <laughs> that was, those words were coming out of my mouth, and I I believed it. Absolutely, but, but it's, it's, just, it's knowledge. It, it's not knowing, yeah. and then there's knowing, and and once you know, um, but yeah, I said exactly. Even I, I think as well. Like when I first went vegan, my perception of it has changed even since then, because I went or I mean so-called vegan when I first started mm. as a vegan but I obviously cared about animal rights and stuff but then there was things I had never considered like fish mm. and I suppose it's again just down to a lack of information on my behalf that I'd never considered why I wouldn't eat fish yeah. or whatever so even at that point I wasn't eating fish but I still didn't hold those values mm-hmm. for fish that I do now. Whereas now I do value fish's lives more important than my taste buds. And it's obviously obvious that they feel pain and they can suffer and it's unnecessary. And again, yeah, it's just a lack of knowledge on my behalf. But as soon as I looked into it, my perception of it changed. But it's just so weird to me to think that one at a point of time, I did believe that like fish weren't mm. as worthy as yeah. a cat or whatever. It's just, it's really, really odd. And I do think as well, fish is something that needs to be talked about more because I think they are probably the most discriminated against because for some reason, when animals go into the sea, they sort of <laughs> turn into vegetables yeah. or something. It's really weird. I don't know why, but then there's also the fact that people care about dolphins yeah. and sharks but don't care about yeah. tuna. How bizarre it's just, that, that, it's, that people are out there really buying odd. tins of tuna and, and, they're, and they're checking the tin to make sure that, you know, it's dolphin friendly or whale friendly. Like no dolphins have been <laughs> harmed in, in the catching and killing of the tuna. How bizarre is that, that people care about <laughs> those marine mammals, but, but they don't care about the fish. Like, it is so odd. Yeah, at least, at least be consistent. Like either, yeah. either care, <laughs> care all about all fish, yeah. or just don't care at all. It's, this doesn't make sense to like heart. It's sort of like the vegetarian thing. It's almost like kind of yeah, care, kind is. of don't. But but you're right. Attitude. I think fish does need to be talked about more because the amount of people I meet almost on a daily basis that that say to me, oh, I'm, I'm vegetarian, um, but I eat fish, you know, I eat a bit of fish. And I, I, I mean, I even, yeah. quite embarrassed to say, but I even laughed at someone the other day. Um, like, <laughs> outright, just, just burst out laughing. Um, because they just said, well, yeah, I, don't, I don't eat animals because, I don't eat meat because, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt animals, but... Um, but I eat fish because I don't see them as animals or something. And and I did. I just burst out laughing. And, yeah. and I just thought, how can you <laughs> say that? How can you stand there and, and say that? Like, just because they can't necessarily scream like a pig would scream, like just because they're silent, at, you know, at the moment that they're stabbed, doesn't mean that yeah. they can't feel it. Yeah, no, I mean, the suffering that fish endure is actually crazy i mean stuff like you where they they obviously suffocate yeah. to death half the time and they get put on ice and mm. stuff like that and it's just 
if that was any other animal, we would be in uproar about it. But I suppose it, it's just the same as anything it's else. Normalized, it's normalised yeah. and people don't yeah. want to hear it. I mean, uh, yes, it is, it is so odd to see it from when you look from both perspectives and it's almost it feels like a different life to me almost that i can't believe that i ever viewed stuff in that way but it's not... um it does give me hope that when i do hear people say things like that like oh, i could never go vegan and they list off all these different reasons why i do think to myself sometimes that was me probably i've only been vegan just over a year yeah. myself so that was me I, just over a year ago. That was probably me saying yeah, those things. Now, now I would have never thought at that point, I would have never thought here I would be some extremist <laughs> activist guy who's got a podcast and a Facebook page shoving it down people's throat. Well, all the time. Yeah, but as you said, that it gives you hope that there's people out there that, um, you know, might might be closer to, to going vegan than you think and closer than you were. And, um, all it will take is that little bit of information. So, exactly. Yeah, I think I do think knowledge is power these days. Especially, the thing I find the weirdest, in fact, is that we live in an age where it's never been easier to find out these things. And that it, this this sort of popped into my mind at the outreach event I mentioned earlier, where people say that's not legal and mm. this doesn't happen, and obviously to us we know that is standard legal practice and it happens worldwide local Mm. farms big farms organic free range all of that and people can just google this even while you're talking to them and still people just like in the dark about these things and it's just i don't know how we live in such an age where we have mobile phones and we can google whatever we want and people still claim to not know and it's that even though we know as as vegans um even though we know that it is hidden, these industries don't want you to see it. It is hidden. That's why, you know, slaughterhouses are behind big metal fences and, and they're not letting you in to, to view it. Like, like you can see people picking carrots in a field. It's, it is hidden, but you can Google, as you said, you can Google the standard legal practices. It will come up with the RSPCA website and it will tell you how these animals are, as they say, processed in in abattoirs, um, they they will tell you they're not hiding the the text information from you. You can go online and you can read how it is done, and and yeah, if you want to know, obviously the footage is out there. Yeah, uh, one thing I have seen people doing actually, which I thought was a brilliant idea, is those mm. QR codes. Have you seen people putting those on packets of bacon yeah. and stuff like that? Uh, and it actually leads you to like a documentary similar to Land of Hope and Glory or Earthlings or something similar yeah, to I that. And cool. it's always labelled as like, oh, yeah. get 10% off or whatever. It, it's quite a good idea, I think, especially I think I need to get myself yeah, some of those QR. I think it's got to be done right. Because if it, well, if it was a QR code and it said, uh this pig was you know bred on a farm and suffered its whole life and and then was stabbed in the neck with a qr code no one's going to scan it because <laughs> because that is <laughs> no. the the conditioning that that non-vegans 
are under um, and they don't want to know and they want to keep their fingers in their ears and keep their eyes shut. But, but yeah, it's definitely a good way of, of maybe shocking people. Um, you know, if they don't know it's coming and suddenly they see it like, like I did, um, then it might work. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any forms of activism that you favour or anything you think is probably the most effective way in at least on your behalf? Because I don't think there probably is a, a most effective way in a in a general sense, but I suppose there's yeah, things that you um, probably excel. Yeah, at. I think all forms of activism are, are important and and work for you know, different forms of activism work for different people because we're all different and we all have different uh, priorities and um but for me for me i think the most effective or at least from my experience is um despite anonymous for the voiceless uh bad rep at the moment um similar street demonstrations to the cube of truth um because yeah well, firstly, that was what made me go vegan, seeing footage uh, that I had never yeah. seen before that that was hidden from me my whole life. Suddenly seeing that shocked yeah. me so much that that I decided to, to go vegan because I didn't want anything to do with it. So I know, yeah, it's anecdotal evidence, but I know firsthand that that works. Um. Also, I just quite like that kind of form of um, demonstration, peaceful protest, being on the street, actually talking to yeah. people in a calm, friendly, approachable manner. I know some people are a bit intimidated by it, but um, you can't you can't even say that that is shoving it down people's throats because you're just stood there silent peaceful and good yeah and you don't even have to no stop. yeah you're just allowing people to come over if Isn't... they're interested in what you're doing and and a lot of people are interested and a lot of people do want to know more um and i just think that's really yeah, yeah effective i just think that's really effective yeah i do think it has a really important place um street outreach in general just because it is so hard to get people yeah. to watch these things and I suppose people catch a glimpse of it just walking past and that's another reason that it gives me hope is people are interested and a lot of people do want to know and once they do know about it they stop supporting well, it but as you said I suppose some people do find it a bit intimidating but it's it's almost that that fine balance we have to be out there Otherwise, nobody's going to be speaking up for yeah, of for animals. But I do think it's a really great way of interacting with the public because a lot of the time online, which I never really realised to what extent it happens until I made the Vegan Spire page, is people go crazy online with the comments. And then when you're out there in person, <laughs> nobody seems to bother. Yeah. So it's almost yeah that same thing if once you're behind a computer screen it's a different person but you can get through to people quite a lot easier i find in person because people are quite rational it's just when they're 
at home and they get wound up behind a computer screen that you hear the worst. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to. We don't really want confrontation or or arguments face to face, do we? We just um, we get a bit angry. No, it is just purely a discussion, and that's why I think it's so so powerful because obviously vegans have got that whole rep of shoving it down people's throat, which obviously we know isn't true because of how much propaganda is spread by the meat and dairy industry that we have to deal with on a day-to-day mm. basis as vegans. Um, I suppose it, it goes both ways, but I mean, I don't really see shoving kindness down people's throat as such a bad thing. Yeah, anyway. no, but just... it, it must be because it highlights something within yeah hypocrisy, hypocrisy within or oneself something. um it highlights something that that they know is wrong that that they're contributing towards it must be something to do with that but i don't know but you've been um doing some yeah. really good street kind of outreach haven't you recently yeah yeah i mean stuff like the surge um outreach events are really are really good because they normally get quite a big turnout, so it's a bit easier to have a more of an mm. impact on people walking past. But um, other than that, it's just been different marches, really, and and stuff like that. A bit more what direct. What was that stuff you were doing outside the restaurant? In, and um, where was that? Oh, that was yeah, that was my event that yeah, I hosted Malden, in uh, Malden, which is twenty minutes from where I live in Burnham. But it's it was quite interesting, really, because it's quite an old historic town and it's filled with mm. sort of an older generation. And I suppose I suppose it probably wasn't the best target audience to go for, but I just thought it'd be a good place to start because especially in Burnham, where I actually live, there's hardly anyone, anybody here. So yeah. I thought there's no point doing it here. I'll go somewhere where I get a bigger audience. Um but yeah, then there was a there's another activist called Martin Pugh from Colchester, and he was kind enough to bring some TV screens and a battery pack mm. so we could show Dominion. Um, and we was doing outreach just up the road, and we did that for I think five hours. We did almost like wow. a, a cube thing, uh, and we just took it in turns to hold different signs and stuff. And then I ventured off and stood outside Greg's on my own for a bit. And a lot of people went in and changed their mind to get a vegan uh, option instead. And then told Good. me when they came out. So I suppose even if they didn't go vegan, they sort of got the message um, at that time, which might not be a massive yeah, impact. Yeah. And just the but, fact that they're coming out, um, they're coming out of Greg's see. and saying, Oh, Oh, look, mate, look, Connor, I've got, I've got the vegan one instead of, instead of the mm. pig one. And hopefully, hopefully once they've tried it and they realise there's no, there's no difference, it could, could follow on from that and they maybe do some research yeah. and you never know down the line. But yeah, the interesting thing was we went to that restaurant outside. Um, we didn't go in, we just stood outside with the screens because it was summer's day and a lot of people were sitting outside in the in the mm. outside seating area, so um, that was good. But a lot of people just got up and left straight away, and then yeah. it kind of annoyed the yeah. restaurant yeah. staff. But there was a few people that stayed, and we did have a good conversation with some cyclists, um, which I managed oh, to great. use my experience with cycling because 
they sort of gave those excuses like I need to eat meat because I'm doing an endurance yeah, and you were like, oh. sport and stuff. And then when I explain, I I actually improved when I went vegan yeah. um, and, and things like that. It was good because, yeah, it's sort of if I hadn't have known about cycling and it could have been a point that they managed to sort of get one up because I wouldn't have had that. They sort of think, oh, you haven't got experience, so why would I yeah, trust you? Yeah, that's really important. But being athletic myself, it was quite good to be able to actually inform inform them of it. But they were quite open-minded and they didn't they didn't come out with the same crap that you hear yeah. on a daily basis from other people, really. They didn't have an excuse. They, yeah. they acknowledged that it was wrong and they did watch quite a decent amount of the footage and they were they were horrified. So, again, hopefully that, even if it just plants a seed and then later on down the line they Sounds like reconsider. But yeah, I think and the 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 crazy thing was the news or is it only a local news, but they reported on it because we'd mm. done written some stuff in chalk on the floor mm. and uh that got posted online and someone actually sent me it, but I wasn't even aware that it it was posted and someone sent me the link and um I had to read through the comments and it was sort of a mixture between angry <laughs> butchers and stuff like that with mixed with people from the public. But uh, so then I, I gave the newspaper a call and said, could I explain why we were there in the first place? Because the original article sort of had no information about okay. the actual message or the reason we were there. It, it just sort of said, I think it was called something like brutal mm. messages left on the floor or something along those lines um so it, it sort of painted it in a bad light so i rang them up and explained why we were there in the first place and they managed to even put in some statistics that i gave them oh, about wow. Good what you, happens mate. in animal agriculture and, That's really and good. stuff so that was good and i decided uh, to do another one in chelmsford in essex if anybody is local who's listening but that's um, a bit of a bigger uh, area and they've got quite yeah. a big high street that's nice and wide and there's no cars and stuff. So it's uh, it'll be really cool to do that. But I don't know what's happening at the moment yeah. with the coronavirus situation as we're talking about going into a second lockdown and stuff. So I'm trying to figure out what's happening and then do it because I don't want to put on events and then have three people. I'd rather wait until the time where people can make it and people yeah, feel a bit course. more comfortable coming along and then host something that will have a big impact on on people but it is really positive actually because um i was quite apprehensive of even doing events to start with because i wasn't sure of mm. how many people would be interested in coming and i thought oh, i'm just going to turn up and it'll be me on my own but i was actually surprised with how much support there was and i found um vegans who are actually in the yeah, same brilliant. small town as me so um which is really crazy because burnham's tiny it's you can walk oh, really? from one end to the other in 15 minutes um and somehow i've never bumped into yeah they're all some of the people the that i met mate. here but yeah we have all us <laughs> vegans probably only come out at night time because <laughs> of our b12 deficiency yeah. can't manage to get out of bed during the daytime <laughs> But uh, I've had a few more questions to ask you. It's getting quite a long episode again, actually. It always happens because I seem to ramble on for a long time. Um, 
So what do you think the biggest barrier for people adopting a vegan lifestyle is not in terms of getting defensive and things like that, but more, what do you think it takes for people's perception to, to change almost the way it did with us, like igniting that? Um, oh, it's really, it's a really tricky one. I, th- I think what, what do I think is stopping people? Um... I would say the biggest, if you could name the one biggest thing that you think is one of the main things that people, I suppose it's like an excuse, one of those sort of things that you hear all the time that you think is probably like a sort well, of a misconception. Personally, almost. I actually think that, that the main reason is selfishness. Um, I hundred percent because yes, although you get you get quite a lot of people saying, well, yeah, that doesn't happen in this country, or that you know that only happens in so and so, or or abroad, or or um, yeah, just those sort of excuses. I actually think the main thing holding non-vegans back is selfishness, and that is because so many conversations I have with people so many um it's becoming you know more and more uh is well i'm kind of 99 percent vegan or or 99 plant-based but but i just can't give up cheese or i just can't give up chocolate or just things like that and and honestly i don't think i have an an answer for that um apart from just these people just need to be slowly chipped away at um because yeah well it it just upsets me really that 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 you can be so selfish and and hold your own kind of pleasure above someone else's discomfort and suffering but i think that's the main thing holding people back um and does that come from a place of just comfort or wanting to you know we hate change don't we we just hate change um i mean i've always kind of thrived off of change and and love change but but most people just get a bit uncomfortable um even thinking about change so but the the thing is i didn't stop eating animal products because i didn't like the taste i loved the taste yeah, 100% the same as me. I went from being that guy who would have... I, I specifically remember we used to go to a restaurant that that I used to have ribs for starter and ribs for main mm. and and stuff like that. And yeah. I used to hardly eat any vegetables. I used to be that... So I used to be that guy who was so fussy, would not eat anything and be like, I don't like that, even yeah. though I've never tried it, sort of attitude. And then... But that still didn't hold me back from yeah. stopping like exploit, exploiting animals because I saw how important it was and the harm that I was causing. And you sort of have to completely rid yourself of that selfish attitude of I like this and I like that, or it's too hard and, and stuff like that. I mean, especially with the, mm. I couldn't live without cheese argument. 
I mean, we wouldn't ever dream of using an argument based upon convenience to justify other injustices. Uh, and I don't understand why we would use this when we're talking about the lives of innocent animals who have done nothing wrong to us. And especially in terms of consuming animal products being difficult. Um, yeah. I mean, not consuming animal products being difficult. I think we should really just look to the victims who face injustice and enslavement each day and uh, see if our the habits that we have to change is as difficult as having your throat cut or being put in a gas chamber. It's just, especially when you realise that these things are completely unnecessary, it just makes it that much worse. And as I said, I don't think convenience can ever justify no, no. the things that we do to animals. Is we would and we would never dream of of doing those things, especially in yeah. terms of when we used to have slaves and and things like that i'm sure that made it more convenient yeah. for people they didn't have to do the work themselves they'd get someone else to do it but we all acknowledge now that that is completely disgusting and immoral and hopefully that's the way we're going to look back on the way we treat animals and the way we view others that we yeah i really hope share so especially the, the cheese um because i mean i kind of coined the phrase well i don't know if i have coined the phrase but i might have stolen it from someone but uh, i call them cheegans <laughs> the the vegans that they're essentially you know because i do know <laughs> really some good. of them i have friends that are like it who literally are like 99 percent um on a plant-based diet um no animal product but cheese and it's cheese god i mean as you said i know like you know pigs forced into gas chambers and and animals having their throats slit, like, but even, in my opinion, even worse than that, like the dairy cow being fisted in the anus, and and well, yeah, and then year having on their children year stolen for for us to to drink their milk and and create a product which is like, oh, it's absolutely. Yeah. I actually. I actually had a dairy farmer comment on uh, the post that I mentioned in the introduction mm. to this podcast. Um, the one that said, I couldn't live without cheese, but they could. And it was a picture of a cow. Uh, and then it just says dairy kills. I actually had a farmer on Instagram who said he was a dairy farmer and that the cows are, should be grateful almost because they have a long life, like up to 12 years. And especially when you now know what they go through year on year, as you said, it's it's just extended, prolonged suffering and abuse. And it's almost the, the, the calves that are killed on their first day of life or yeah. things like that are actually the lucky ones when they don't have to go through the whole life of exploitation to get to the same yeah. ending. It's just, they the justifications they use is just insane. And, Obviously, they know that that's what happens to them year on year. So how can they carry on using those justifications? That, and uh, Yeah, that so disconnects so even the crazy. farmer who, who is working alongside these cows, these animals every single day, doesn't even see them as the individuals that they are. Mm. And even he's the one performing these the acts of exploitation and he doesn't even see it as exploitation at all it's just i don't know if it's not exploitation i'd like someone to send me a message and tell me what it is if 
because it's not love. It's not. Well, no, kindness. if I were in that position, caring. I would rather be dead than go through that. Um, and these are the excuses yeah, people are using. I mean, and I don't know if you've seen them, Connor, but David Attenborough keeps coming out with new uh, documentaries and episodes. Yeah. I watched me and my girlfriend Charlie sat down and watched the last one. Uh, is it called? Yeah, is, is this Alive on Our Planet or something? Yeah. And at, at the end, I mean, he mentions that farming is. Uh, detrimental to our planet and and stuff like that but then he says separately about soya and doesn't relate that back oh, to not, i've not watched agriculture. the whole and, documentary yet oh okay i won't spoil it all for you but at the end i mean there was a section about fish and it was just basically saying um we can <laughs> still eat fish as long as it's done sustainably and it was just yeah. it really aggravated me and i was like because to me as well, it's so weird because David Attenborough has dedicated his whole life to loving animals and, and things. And then even then, it's not down to the morals behind killing animals. It's down to yes. whether it's sustainable or not to do so. But if for him especially, he's supposed to be this like yeah. beacon of animal lovers. And even he can't respect the yeah, lives of I fish. Hear you. Well, just, um... Um... Well, obviously, all the new documentaries from him coming out. And I I was talking to, well, the last couple of days, just at work, uh, I've spoken to a couple of people that have seen that one on Netflix. And and one yesterday said, um, this lady I was talking to yesterday said, well, we watched the new Attenborough and me and my family are going to go more plant-based. And I I just said, like, wow, that's brilliant. Well done. Like, really glad to hear that. Um, but <laughs> I said, have, but... have you ever thought about like actually going plant-based and maybe looking into veganism and should just the same old stuff? Yeah. Well, I couldn't do that because, oh, my husband wouldn't do it. And I couldn't do that because I love cheese. And I just, if you even, if you even disregard the animal ethics, which obviously we're not going to do, but if you just push that side for a moment and talk about the environmental destruction, the the thought that that the general consensus is that we should all cut down on our animal products the thought that that is the general consensus and people can't even put two and two together and go hold on if it's better for the planet for me to consume less animal products why don't i just stop consuming them yeah i mean yes exactly that it's not about consuming less because you know that's harmful whether you have one time a week it, or five times a week so if you want yeah, to really help but, why but would you I'm contribute stood there to with it these people all? saying this and oh no i just couldn't because i love cheese it's like saying to it's like it's like saying <laughs> to someone with lung cancer you should smoke less well no that the the goal is stop smoking yeah. Yeah, or you don't need to give up because you do like it. Exactly. So, and why give up? So <laughs> I know you're dying. That's but why def- give up? Honestly, <laughs> definitely so uh yeah, selfishness. That's <laughs> what I think is holding non vegans back. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree with you hundred percent there. So 
have you got any big plans in the works uh, in regards to veganism or anything like that? And actually, before you answer that question, I was thinking of something as you was replying last time that I'd just like to point out is that to anybody listening who isn't yet vegan and is thinking of going plant-based or vegan, that there is a difference between plant-based and vegan. It's veganism is a philosophy, a way of viewing animals as individuals rather than products and commodities. So it's all good having a plant-based diet, but you can still view animals in that way. Um, which I think is what David Attenborough has done really. He's, he's got mainly a plant-based diet, but he still views animals as products, which is obvious when he talks about fish, for example, and points to sustainability as being a justification for taking yeah. Yeah, we an need animal's to life. Keep distinguishing the, between but, the difference between plant-based and vegan. But I think it is, yeah, it is important to get that message through to people that animals aren't here for us, no matter how many farmers tell you that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That was just something I wanted to add in, but yeah, have you got any future plans or anything that you're looking forward to or working on? I suppose it's hard, especially in these it is hard, yeah. times, to actually um, plan anything. I mean, I, I want to carry on with my clothing brand. Um, yes, I yeah. was supposed to mention that, and I've not mentioned it yet because of our vegan supplier yeah, range that is now available. Fifty percent <laughs> of all profits go to animal sanctuaries and so um yeah i mean i want to carry on with the defender of animals clothing um and just try and grow that um it's not it's never going to be a uh, a job a, a career a full-time job um and it was never meant to be it was um no. just to help the animals really and help spread the message so Exactly, yeah, and I think it's more yeah. enjoyable, especially on a smaller scale, where it's a, you probably get a bit more of a personal service, I guess, when people message the page yeah. and they're speaking directly to you. I it's, think so. It's probably a bit nicer for people um, to. So I want to carry on with that one on one. and, yeah, keep spreading the message through the clothing. Um, do more online activism because, as you said, it's just hard times actually going on the streets and doing it. Um, so more of the YouTube hopefully get more comfortable yeah. on camera and and create more more kind of video content um the ultimate goal is is to yeah. to work within animal rights or at least work within the vegan movement as a as a career um yeah that i think that is definitely a good goal uh because you do need the, a lot of time to dedicate to these these sorts of things and it is hard yeah. when you've got other commitments to it does get quite frustrating sometimes when you you see things happening and you can't be there or you can't yeah dedicate everything it, well, you'd like to, you, to, Connor, are, to the message very similar in in that respect like i would i would spend 24 7 working for the animals in any way i can um so it's almost like yeah. uh, a full-time job gets in the way of of that um so to yeah to gain a career in the the vegan movement at the very least but um preferably animal rights would would just be the dream and and kind of 
make me feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. So that's that's one of my goals. But um, when I'll get there, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd just like to say I have so much respect for everything you do, actually, for for the animals, because you do do dedicate so much time and it's really rare for somebody to feel so passionate about something. And it's just nice to be around or talk to, excuse me, people that are so dedicated and have the same sort of philosophy as myself. It's really, I do really respect everything you've done, especially with the clothing brand. And that really did sort of motivate me to keep going is the, is when we sort of collaborated on the clothing and stuff. Thanks, so mate. That's very kind really words. And obviously, right back at you. You're you're doing such a good job, and I mean, your your message is being spread far and wide. So you should be really proud of that. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately the goal with the podcast is similar to Defender of Animals. I suppose it's never supposed to be a job or anything. It's just something extra that I can do to help inform people i mean a lot of the podcasts uh are similar to this where i'd have conversations with people and hopefully that gives a different perspective to vegans and non-vegans just listening to people talk about it in general it might just give a bit more motivation on both sides but also other episodes um where i do talk specifically about standard practices and things like that and I think it's good to have a variety of different forms on there so that no matter who it is listening there's something yeah, for everyone yeah we're all different almost and, and we're all at different stages and we kind of got to adapt our message for for different people so you got to keep it fresh and and um versatile yeah well Woo-hoo. how long has it been 70 minutes now <laughs> so I think that should be about everything I was going to ask you in today's episode, but I think we'll definitely have to organise a second podcast and get you to come back yeah, on like and that. carry on talking about veganism because I feel like I could carry on talking to you for yeah, I know, mate. hours Me and too. hours about this, but we have to keep it <laughs> somewhere, too. I suppose. <laughs> but thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate you taking My time pleasure. out of your evening thank you to, so much for do this. thinking of me and having me on i really appreciate it yeah yeah well we'll have to set up another episode sometime soon and uh think of specific topics because i think we both have similar attitudes but we both have different uh methods almost and the way we think is very similar, but I think the knowledge we have, there's a lot of things you've pointed out that I wasn't aware of and, and things like that, that I've seen on mm. Facebook uh, from you sharing. So it'd be good almost for you to come on the podcast and almost explain things that I'd never considered or I even I don't know and vice versa. I think it'd be good listen for people who also aren't aware of, of things because hopefully together we could point out a few more yeah great i mean we're, it's all about learning isn't it we're all on a learning journey and um yeah we've all got to teach each other we're not perfect but it's about getting to to <laughs> avoiding animal cruelty and suffering as as best we can um yeah exactly 
Okay, well, thank you very much for coming on and I will see you sometime soon at an event, hopefully once. <laughs> yes, coronavirus fingers crossed. Been and gone. Cheers, Connor. Okay. Cheers, mate. Thank Bye. you very much.